DJ and PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. So the preseason top 25 polls, the post-spring preseason, there'll be another one in the, in the fall camps and all that. Uh, but national websites... Coming out with their preseason top 25s. And PK, you were perusing ESPN.com and their post-spring preseason top 25. And what did you find to your shock and dismay? Yeah, I, the, the Utes were not in there. You know, I expected that they would be in there. I expected they would be in there ahead of uh, ASU. And I think they had ASU like 24, 25, somewhere in that vicinity. I have to double-check and click on it. You can do that. Uh, I know that SC, uh, Washington, and Oregon are going to be in there. I believe that those three will be in the regular, the whatever the, I guess, the AP. Is that the official preseason top 25? Yeah, I think that's the yeah. one that gets the most yeah. run. And I think that they'll they, those teams will be in there. Washington returns virtually everyone. Uh, I mean, literally, they have so many returners. Uh, starters I'm speaking of, and then obviously some reserves. And Jimmy Lake would be in his second season if you count last year as a season. Obviously, it wasn't a full season. So they look to be loaded. Oregon's Oregon. And SC, you know, they've got a lot of talent sprinkled throughout the roster. Uh, And it's an easy go-to option when you think of football out west is you just naturally are attracted to SC. And and the Devils have a bunch of guys. Uh, he he Herm got guys to not go to the NFL, or they could have just stopped playing, but they opted to stay. So they've got particularly on defense a lot of returners, and plus he's Herm, and there's not a soul on this planet who doesn't like Herm, right? Hmm. So he's going to draw some attention. I mean, I'm I'm fine with all those, but I was surprised that the dreaded. The arch rival, Coastal Carolina, was in there, mm-hmm. and Utah wasn't, and Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, was in there, were in there, and the Utes weren't. So, because I think the Utes are right there in the South. I'm not sure, you know, what's going to happen uh, as far as who's going to win the North, but right now, anyway, and that obviously. It's subject to substantial change that the North team, when we get to the final, what's it in Vegas this year, is going to be favored again. So I think the North, top to bottom, is stronger. But the South, I think the Utes are going to be right there. So I was surprised that they weren't picked. So I checked the uh, athletic top 25 and Stuart Mandel did theirs so it's a it's one person responsible for this I was stunned he didn't have Washington in his preseason top 25 that surprised me a lot he had Oregon at 10 but he didn't have Washington in there and he didn't have USC in there but he had Utah and ASU at 22 and 23 I think what's happening with Utah is and this really goes back to the Rudy Gobert discussion you look at Utah's offense who do they have back as skill players? <clears throat> and basically, you got a slot receiver who has been hurt on and off throughout his career and a tight end who looks pretty good. But you don't have wide receivers, you don't have a running back, you don't have a quarterback. Now, you can argue that although they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback, 
because he's a transfer with all this high-end experience and some really good seasons at Baylor, that Utah ought to be marked up this year, not getting marked down for that. But I think people just look at Utah's offense, and if if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, then you put them in at 22. But if you look at the offense and think, I just don't see it, then you leave them out. So you have no respect for Solomon Enos then, huh? Nope. I don't think nationally there's any respect for Solomon Enos. I think people who follow the program are desperately hoping that he, you know, uh, cashes in on all this potential that we think is there. Uh, there have been glimpses. There was certainly hype when he came, and there have been glimpses when he's been here. And now, you know, be the guy and, and go crazy. But a lot of these, and Coastal Carolina is an interesting thing you bring up. A lot of these, um, a lot of these teams, it's just going to be a, a very unusual year. Last year was a very unusual year. And now you're going to have teams where their first or second year players breaking out because it's, it's time for them to break out. But in some cases, we really didn't get to see them last year. If teams are only playing four, six, eight games, maybe they didn't really make the impact and we didn't get to see it. But you've also got super seniors. So if you have a lot of good players, but they're not clearly NFL guys, you can have more returners than ever. Coastal Carolina is going to have 20 starters back. You know, it's not typically a team that's going to be sending or five guys off to the NFL like BYU did or, you know, six or eight or ten like, you know, a lot of Power 5 teams, you know, the better Power 5 teams do. The better Power 5 teams are getting hit by graduation or pro eligibility just like they normally are because Alabama's going to send ten guys to the NFL. But Coastal isn't going to do that. So these guys are going to, well, I'm going to play one more year of college football then. So I think a lot of these uh, group of five or even um, power five teams that don't have the rep, I think Iowa State is like 10 offensive starters back or something like that. So teams are going to be loaded in a way they haven't been loaded because you don't have the guys graduating who are out of college eligibility uh, but aren't NFL guys. Those guys, they got a bonus year of college eligibility. They're back. And I think that's going to that's gonna mess with the landscape a little bit. There's going to be a lot of 60-year guys we haven't seen in the past. Yeah, I don't know how many of those guys are out there, though. I'd have to double-check. I really have no idea how many guys, 60-year guys, decided to return. Here's one. Uh, Liberty is at 18th in this uh, uh, the athletic thing that Stuart Mandel did. A whopping 16 seniors from last year's breakout 10-1 team opted to use their free year. Well, okay, but I'm talking about in the Pac-12. I mm-hmm. understand those because they're not going to be the NFL, NFL guys. Right. But the thing about Utah, so uh, I'm not going to put them in the top 25 because they don't have a a breakout receiver. Well, they've never had it <laughs> since they've yeah. been in the Pac-12, and they've been in but, the top 25. So why sure, would but I they have an NFL running one? back returning, you know, and they don't have that. I think it's yeah, they, accumulation. They, I, can argue have, they have the, I, I can argue they have the best record, quarterback they've had returning. Now, he's yep. not returning, but he's right. returning to play exactly. football. It's a, it's a weird deal with him. But I think also some teams that are borderline are getting pushed out of the top 25 because they're ranking the Louisianas and the Liberties and the Coastal Carolinas because they're bringing back 20 starters because they don't send guys to the NFL and all the seniors were given a bonus year. Okay, but the Utes are bringing back every starter themselves. Would right. you rather have every Ute starter coming back on defense or every one of Liberty's defensive starters coming back? Well, I'm just being Utah's. a biased snob, we would <laughs> go with Utah. Utah, right? Uh, Utah, thank you. Where are we broadcasting? Utah. 
Yeah, yeah. But, but it is weird that some of these, like, how does Washington get left out of a top 25? I mean, didn't you find that surprising? I did. That they're not in? So, but they are putting these teams in that aren't normally in, and somebody's got to be squeezed out. So, turns out it was Washington. I'm not going to take it. Sweet, PK. Draw a line in the sand. I've already drawn three this morning. Excellent. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We'll join us at 8.30. Michael Love covers the Arizona Wildcats. He's here at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. DJ PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When Zero Res cleans the carpets and tile, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. All right, PK, we're getting a lot of reaction to our discussion in the last segment about the Utes and should they be in the preseason top 25. Uh, Brad says they're finally releasing how overrated Utah is. They keep getting beat by really good teams like Oregon and Texas. Utah just thinks they are a good team. Todd says, I'd take Utah. I would take Utah over 10 of those teams. Well, Utah thinks they're uh, just a, Utah thinks they're a good team, and two years ago, apparently the NFL might have thought that too. I think with uh, all the guys getting drafted. drafted, yeah, sort of because we always point to the SEC and eighty-seven Alabama guys went in the most recent draft and all that stuff, and and they just keep rolling out the number of prospects that are uh, speaking of prospects. I mean NFL prospects. I mean it's one right after another. And it's scary now because they're all at, uh, not all, but a lot more at skill positions. You know, Alabama with the quarterbacks. It used to be those guys, those conferences didn't produce quarterbacks. It's the Pac-10, Pac-12. And now those guys, Ohio State, starting to produce those guys. So their offenses are getting even more prolific. You know, the three yards in the cloud of dust of the Woody Hayes days are long, long gone. So the gap between us and them is even wider now as they could produce positions that we used to be able to produce on a more consistent basis. They've uh, cornered that market, so it's scary. But you separate them, and then I really believe as a football program, you know, not an individual team from year to year, but as a program, the Utes belong in that next tier. Maybe they don't belong at the top of that next tier, but I believe they belong in the discussion of the next tier. Yeah, I can see all of that, and you're right about the NFL picks and all that. Um, so what it comes down to is, you know, Nick, and Nick Saban has talked about this, that he made a decision that he was done trying to win games, you know, 9-6 to six and 10 to nothing and 13-9 to nine because he was into get a power back, you know, Get, get a, uh, a 240-pound guy who had some speed and run him 30 times a game. And quarterback, uh, just have someone who was okay. And he decided... Get the job done. Yeah, and he decided, no, we have to be ready to go play uh, a game and score 35, 45 points to win a game and, and be able to win something that's really, you know, a high-scoring shootout and, and go out, score people if necessary. And he hasn't completely given up on defense. There's just an acknowledgement you're not going to win 17 to 10. And that has 
<laughs> taking Alabama into the 21st century. And I just think for the Utes, the question is, and this is probably in the preseason poll, it's, it's probably the single biggest thing. And that probably isn't fair because it usually comes down to more than one thing. But is Brewer going to be a quarterback unlike anything Kyle Whittingham has seen or, or had? I mean, Tyler Huntley was a huge leap forward. What he did, his junior year he got hurt, but it was happening his junior year, but it was really on display his senior year. And his quarterback play his senior year, compare that to other quarterbacks. I mean, you have to go back to Brian Johnson in the Mountain West, right? It was clearly the best quarterback play the Utes had gotten in a decade. Is Brewer going to match that? Is he going to exceed that? Because if he does then that means they probably have a running game to take some of the heat off the passing game and keep you honest. That means receivers, whether they're slot receivers, tight ends, or wide receivers, they're making plays. And whether it's somebody who still hasn't transferred into the program, whether it's somebody like Solomon Enos who just takes a huge leap forward in his development, whatever it is, if Brewer goes off, that probably happened. And if Brewer goes off and the defense is usually good, then the Utes are what you're talking about. They're probably not on the Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma level, but they're in the next group. And depending on what they do in a couple of close games that you inevitably play every year, you know, are they Team 5, Team 10, Team 15? It's not a case of where we're seeing them in these preseason polls where like, yeah, I'll put them in at 22, uh, I'm going to leave them out. If they get the quarterback play that they got from Huntley, or if they get better than that, then... Sky's the limit. Dream big. Dream big, PK. It's sort of funny because we look at Zach Wilson. Well, he doesn't have a team around him. But we go with Brewer and we say, man, if he really comes through. Like, we we don't want to put it on Zach Wilson at the NFL level. But we're putting it all on Brewer at the college level. Which is sort of interesting in that way. Because they don't have any proven commodities at running back. I mean, obviously... Uh, they would have uh, with with, uh, with the sensational Ty Jordan. I mean, if he would if he'd come back, and, wow, wow. I mean, kid looked unbelievable. Uh, so, and you already acknowledge, well, they got uh, some issues at receiver, but yet we're going right to Brewer. But yet we go with the with Zach Wilson. Well, well we got to look at the team around him. But we don't do that with Brewer. We're, we're just heaping all this pressure on him. Man, if he comes through and he's the best quarterback, Kyle Lobo, look out. The sky's the limit. Dream big, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I find that an interesting situation where, one, we're sort of hesitant. Look at the team around him. The other, man, if this kid, oh, wow, man, he threw for, what did he throw, 11,000 yards, whatever it was at Baylor, and blah, blah, blah. He just uh, has an opportunity to be the best that uh, Kyle's ever had, and yada, yada. So uh, I'm not sure that I buy into that theory completely since I'm not buying into it with Wilson at the, at the pro level. And the pro level is different, obviously, but the concept being the same. The quarterback, if, if Wilson has to have a team around him, then Brewer has to have a team around him. So I don't understand what the, what the difference is here, and we'll have to see what that offensive team around him is. The thing that I find surprising to me is every time you hear Utah mentioned, it is always in a positive vein. And every time, by people outside of our market here, not talking about us, fans or media, and they're the ones who make up the market, the players make up the teams, 
the fans and the media, right? Every time you hear Kyle's name mentioned, it is always in a positive vein with respect. This program has not been disrespected in years outside of our boundaries. Inside, there's fans who get frustrated with their team, and then, of course, the Cougars are going to hate them, and they're overrated and all that stuff. And that's We get all that. That's that's what makes the rivalry fun is you, uh, you hate the other guy. As long as it's a sports hate, I'm all for it. Once you start getting into real hate, uh, I have a problem with that. But sports hate, have at it. That's what makes it fun. I mean, I hate the Wildcats. Fact is, I don't know one Wildcat, and so if I did, I'd probably like them. But I don't, I don't like them because it's a sports hate. And uh, I have a big poster on my wall that just says 70-7. People think it's biblical, you know. It's uh, <laughs> 70 to No, it's actually the score of the game. So it's not 70 times 7 to take out of the Old Testament it, or New Testament. It is the score of the game. So uh, that's fun. But outside of that, man, Utah, they get so much respect. That's why I was surprised that in an ESPN thing, they didn't get respect. Now, you said Stuart Mandel had the Utes in there. Mm, he had him at 22. That, that doesn't surprise me in the least. Because the respect. Yeah. And we had, what was it, Kyle on the other day, and he was talking about how Phil Steele was uh, coming up. Kyle gave Phil Steele an hour. An hour. He spent on the phone. What do you think Phil Steele is going to say about the Utes? I mean, we, I have, I scoped this out. I've been in this business a long time. I'm an old codger in the business now, right? But I scoped it out like maybe three or four years into the business as far as the media. And, uh, you know, I was not that I'm anybody now, but certainly back then I was a nobody. But I wanted to tell all sports information directors and they call them more the PR folks at the, at the pro level and sports information directors at the college level. If you want to get positive publicity, all you got to do is treat that media member like he or she is somebody. The media members are just basically dogs. And I use this analogy, and I've been using it for many years now. If you pet a dog, the dog wants to lick you. If you kick a dog, the dog wants to bite you. It's as simple as that. And it'll never change. No matter how many media forms and whatever, how it changes, we're still human beings, right? Well, Kyle basically pets the media. And what do they do? They love him back big time. So he gets enormous respect. And I guarantee you, Stuart Mantell has spoken to Kyle, and Kyle's treated him like man, like a man. Hey, Stuart, how are you? How's it going? <laughs> what are you going to do in that case? You going to blast him? No, you're not. You're going to praise him. So the Utes get they. I could argue, and see if you agree with this, that they get more praise than they've actually deserved or earned. That's a close call, and you love to get those and then make the definitive stand. They certainly get a lot of praise. They certainly get a lot of praise. I think one thing they've got going for, everything you say is true, first off. People like Kyle. Kyle is nice to people. He makes sure to make some kind of uh, personal comment more often than not that recognizes your existence, whether you're on the phone or in person. If he knows you a little bit, He'll, you know, he'll mess you. He'll mess with you a little bit, and uh, you know, oh, get, he gives get a me laugh. all sorts of crap. And well, I but he him. knows you even better. You but know? I hate he, him. 
I, I know, but you've been around 20 years standing in front of him with a microphone. That's more than most media members, so he knows you more. I think the thing that has helped them and that they get credit for is that the, the national media largely dismisses the group of five. They'll stick up for them a little bit. They're not getting a ride. You know, if they expand the playoff, they, maybe they should get an automatic berth, that kind of stuff. Um, but the teams of the teams that have made the leap, the Utes have had more success. They've been in the Pac-12 title game more than TCU has been in the Big 12 title game. And I get TCU didn't, you know, there wasn't a Big 12 title game for a while. That really hurt TCU one year. Um, you know, or, or the success Louisville's had. They've all had some success to some degree, but I think the Utes have been more consistent, and so they get a little, they get a little, uh, a little love for that and a little respect for oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that they're also, because they're in the Pac-12 South, People look at it like USC should win that division eight or nine times in 10 years. Now, that's probably not realistic, but USC has had a couple runs where they did that kind of stuff. You know, they probably, I guess, probably had three runs um, where they did that kind of thing. They don't do it all the time. They're kind of expected to do it all the time. So I think anybody who challenges that, you're in a great spot, you know, they're the big dog. They're going to take all the heat. I mean, if Clay Helton goes 11-1, and one, he's not going to get any credit for the 11, but, man, is he going to get questioned about the 1. So if you're Utah or ASU, and if UCLA or Arizona or Colorado ever got on that kind of roll, I think they'd benefit from it, too. And I just think people are looking at Utah and ASU like, can you believe they're even challenging USC? Because USC's got so much history, and they've got so many – built-in advantages, and they've had three coaches who've gone in there and crushed it. Just crushed it. So Howard it, Jones? Uh, I wasn't going back that far, but I guess he'd be four. You know, John Robinson had an awesome run and got an NFL gig out of it. Um, well, they've had three guys who've had awesome runs and got an NFL gigs out of it, right? Because John McKay went to Tampa Bay, and John Robinson went to the Rams, and Pete Carroll went to the Seahawks. And they all won national titles, had Heisman Trophy winners, and got NFL gigs. And all of them went to at least conference title games, and Carroll won it all. And they're sitting there with all those recruits in L.A. There's so many four-star and five-star players coming out of there. And they play every position on the field. I mean, you can literally recruit any position you need in L.A. So they get all this. So, so if you beat them, and you're 8-4 and four and you beat them, and say, hey, look at what that coach did. Herm and Kyle. Now, Herm's like Kyle. You know, he's great with the media. He's engaging. He gives them good quotes. I wonder how much time they set aside for that kind of stuff. And they're recruiting when they do it. It's not like it isn't productive Herm? time. Well, he only sleeps one hour a day. <laughs> He's at the facility at 2 in the morning. And he gets uh, like three hours of media. He's scheduled way out. Yox tried to get him. So it's not that he's not doing anything. It's that they've already, he gets so many requests, he's already scheduled out. True. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, it's the Jazz. It's the Spurs. They're playing tonight. Tim Lacombe joins us. Seven games left in the regular season. They haven't clinched a top two spot, but they're getting very close. Four and three down the stretch will do it. And the number one seed, they are neck and neck with the Suns, who are going back to back tonight. We'll talk with Tim Lacombe about the race to the finish next.